It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. I'm Marcus Mosier and as always, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We're talking big uglies in the middle today. I'm excited. It's, yeah. this, is, this is a position that uh, has been called upon by Cowboys fandom to get have some change happen these last few years. I think people have been really tired of the way that the defensive tackle group has looked. And I think we're, we're going to get some of that change this year, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, we certainly have change. Um, I, I'm still not sure if it's going to be better or worse than what we've had over the last couple of years, but certainly change. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and start with the, the biggest name that the Cowboys acquired uh, this offseason. Gerald McCoy, they replaced him uh, with, you know, they replaced Malik Collins. Um, listen, I was a Malik Collins fan. I never thought he, he got enough credit. So it's kind of bummed to see him go. Um, but Gerald McCoy has been a better player throughout his career. Now he's certainly older. Um, what can we expect from Gerald McCoy at this stage in his career? Uh, you know, I think I honestly think that at least immediately, um, I think this is an upgrade from from uh, Collins. I don't I think know. That's fair. At, I, I, at I, least in year one. At least yeah, in year one. Yeah, yes. totally, totally. I, I don't know beyond that if it if it is. I mean, I, I imagine Collins is still an ascending young player. Uh, I mean, still, I think he's only twenty six, if I'm mistaken. So maybe twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. Wow, jeez. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's still learning. And again, like I think a lot of what our issue with Collins was, you know, just kind of constantly waiting for him to transcribe what we saw in training camp onto the field, right? And uh, right and to go from go from being a average to maybe above average player to an elite player, but he yeah. just never made that step. It just never kind of Which happened. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's... I mean, it just I think if anything, the issue you know tended to be that the contract situation ran out, you know, like they, they, if, if they had, I, I'm sure they, you know, they're not, they weren't going to cut the guy if he had two more years on him. Cause I think they would have liked to see him develop, but you know, the contract was up and I think they were at a crossroads where they were going to either resign him or, or let him go. And I think that they, you know, I honestly, I think that this was a way of them not getting into something that they weren't sure they wanted. You know, I, I think a lot of what happened with Gerald McCoy and, and Poe is that, it gives them very good 
temporary answers to the questions that they have at tackle uh, without having to make a commitment to, uh, you know, playing a 4-3 or a 3-4, you know, beyond 2020, right? So I, well, I, I would also add in there really quickly, I'd also add in there, I think, I don't think Collins wanted a long-term commitment either because he signed in the first day of free agency, he signed a one-year deal because I think he's thinking the same thing. A lot of fans were that he's a much better player than what his stats have shown over the last couple of years. And if he can go somewhere else and prove it for a year, he's going to get a much bigger deal. I just don't think the Cowboys wanted to tie themselves up there either. I, I It was just kind of a fascinating situation. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, I just think, you know, with, with it's, a, it's a new group. And, and I don't think it's coincidence that Collins went and signed with, you know, the group that he had been working with previously. So, um, yeah, I just think that, I just think that he wanted another year of performing. But again, I, I think even then, if you re-sign Collins to a one-year deal and he performs well, and you still want to make that transition away from a fourth, you know, from a full-time four-three, then that kind of decreases the value of this player that you're about That's to fair. try to re-sign. Yep. So I, I think they'd still they they they're la- labeling themselves as hybrid. I think they want to play. You know, kind of a mix between four three and three four, but I also think that part of this was about leaving themselves some flexibility. So beyond twenty twenty, if they wanted to reconfigure what the defensive tackles look like, they could. And Gerald McCoy comes in as a you know the veteran who is the ideal version of Malik Collins on the other side of uh, on the on his back nine. Right, we're, yeah, we're trying fair, to see how fair. much he has left. He, I, mean, I think, he can provide the kind of pass rush that Malik Collins had, except maybe a little bit more steady, uh, a little bit more uh, consistent. Maybe you know, he's probably not that eight, eight to 10 sack. I mean, he isn't that eight to 10 sack guy anymore, but he's a more balanced player. I, I think he, he, he's, he started to incorporate a lot more, a lot better run defense into his game. Um, so I think what we're getting is a very balanced uh, defense uh, under, under defensive tackle who I think can probably move around a little bit at this point if you needed to, to kind of give you different looks at, at different uh, gaps. And I actually really like the contract that the Cowboys got with Gerald McCoy. Basically, it's a one-year rental that they can get out of next year with very little dead cap money. Um, I, I think I do agree. I think it's a, it's an upgrade for this year. And then the Cowboys can reevaluate this next offseason to see, you know, if they if he played really well, bring him back, certainly. If he was only okay, or if you liked what you saw out of Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore, who we'll get to in a second, you can also move on and get younger and cheaper at that spot. So not a lot to complain about there. I think considering who was available and what the Cowboys needed, I think McCoy was a, was a smart move by the Cowboys. The next spot I want to talk about, Landon, is Don Terry Poe. Uh, the, the one technique, maybe going to play a little bit of nose tackle here. Uh, there was a lot of names that were kind of listed out there as potential options for, for the Cowboys. Uh, but Dallas goes with Poe, who played with McCoy in Carolina last year. What are you expecting from the former first-round pick in 2012? Well, I thought this was funny because when you mentioned the, the big name, the biggest name that we signed, I, I assumed you meant Don Terry Poe because I thought we were, we were talking literally. Uh, yeah, well, he, he's a, a big point. man <laughs> and, and, and in the middle there. I, I you know, I think, again, uh, this is kind of what more I was referring to when I said that the, a, a new look at the position. Don Terry Poe is exactly the not the kind of guy that this defense would have signed in the last few years. Um, Absolutely not. He's nope. just, you know, a big, powerful presence in the middle. I mean, the thing about Poe is that, you know, a lot of his game for 
most of his career was based on uh, explosion and and that power and getting into gaps and, and getting through. I think as his career has gone on, he's you know he's kind of leaned into more of a power player who can you know maybe push the pocket a little bit uh, in, in some early down situations. Uh, but I think the the big thing here is that I think he is going to require some double teams. He's going to eat some double teams in the middle, and that's going to help your linebackers behind them run free more free a little bit. Uh, I just don't think that guys like Antoine Woods and 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 really, I mean, I can't even think of another nose tackle that we had on our roster last year who was commanding double teams. You know, who was well. I mean, when's the, when's the last defensive tackle that's really commanded double teams? I mean, think about all the crappy one techniques this team has cycled through between Nick Hayden and Antoine Woods and I, I mean just a bunch of bad players they've used in that spot before guys that they've just gotten by with and it's fine but it's yeah. also like I mean if they aren't eating up double teams or commanding double teams if I think I can block Nick Hayden with my center which I mean frankly you probably can you, you can then I mean think about what that means for the protection they can they can use uh, those other blockers elsewhere and when you're talking about a four man rush with I mean they aren't blitzing they, they aren't coming with more than four very often no. and when they do no. you're still not you're still five versus five so uh, yeah I think that hopefully at the least Poe will command more double teams and I, I think that will hopefully help free up or at least give the, the linebackers on the second level an extra tick to uh, see offensive linemen coming their way and be able to get clean and, and make plays on the ball. Yeah, no, I don't think you're getting the Kansas City version of Don Terry Poe or even what we saw in Atlanta a few years ago. I think he's pretty clearly he's declined quite a bit. Just I mean, he's had a back injuries that, that has limited him a little bit. Um, he's still athletic. He's still massive. He's still really strong. That technique is still all over the place. He doesn't really win with his hands at all. But is he an upgrade over Anton Woods? Yeah, I think so. And I think my my guess is that they're going to rotate these guys still a lot. So it's not like Poe is going to be an every down player. Carolina tried to turn him into that last season. I think that was just foolish. Um, but if he can give you... What, what's the right number of snaps? 15, 20 snaps a game? Does that feel too low? Or does that yeah, feel like the right number? I'm thinking like 20, 25 maybe. You know, okay, I, 20, 25, I, I, fine. I have good confidence that Tom Sula is going to be able to work with Poe and maybe get not a late career resurgence, but I think we're going to see a better version of Don Terry Poe than we have sure. these last few seasons because I have faith in Jim Tom Sula. Perfect. Uh, that's 20, 25 snaps a game. Depending on the game script, I, I I think there's going to be games where they're up a lot, maybe, and you don't need them because they're going to be passing a bunch. There'll be games where they're down in the fourth quarter and you need them to stop the run. So he, he's going to be a little bit script dependent, but I still think you can get solid play out of Don Terry Poe. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Bill Bar. Again, uh, this is like four days in a row, but right before I came on the show, uh, I grabbed a, a Built Bar to, before we started. I went with coconut again today. That's that's been one of Co- my favorites lately. Coconut's a solid flavor. I'm, I'm not, it's one, all the coconut variations are frankly my yes. favorite. Absolutely. Uh, if you've never tried Built Bar before, let me tell you this. They are by far the best tasting protein bars out there. They just taste like a candy bar. It's really even hard to explain it. Uh, real chocolate, real flavors. Uh, the best part is that they're low calorie bars with a ton of protein packed in with no crazy additives. If you want to get on get in on Built Bars, just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. All right, Landon, now we get down to the interesting spot of the the Cowboys defensive tackle rotation. Um, Two young guys, and actually I think – I think Tristan Hill is still a little bit younger uh, yes. than Nabil Gallimore. Um, so let's go ahead and start there. I want to start with Tristan Hill, the second-round pick from last year. Um, showed some flashes at some points in the season, not a ton. Uh, what you know? Now that they changed coaching staff, Rod Marinelli is no longer here. What are we expecting from Tristan Hill in year two? I, I really have no idea. You know, I mean, that's this is. I would say that. Outside of maybe Connor McGovern, I I think that Tristan Hill to me is the biggest wild card in, sure. in, in this team because he you know has pedigree enough to be a second round pick and, and and I do think that when he got drafted last year I mean I think I viewed him as a third round player you I, know? I think most people did right? I, like, so, in, so, like a mid third rounder yeah, yeah I don't really I don't know I don't know that I really like. Uh, had a problem with where he was drafted. I mean, I, I think it was a reach, but I don't think it was. I think like, we had bigger problems with the guys that were drafted behind, behind him. him. Yes, right? yes. So we, we so, liked a lot of the guys that fell. Go ahead. Let's take that out. Let's just take him in, in the context of his draft pick, in the context of all that, and the feeling that it was reached. Tristan didn't have any hand in any of that, and all the people that did, they're gone. Right. So right now, Tristan has got a completely clean slate. He's a young kid. You, you mentioned it. He's younger than the rookie that we drafted this year. And I think that as far as pedigree goes, it's he's on par with Gallimore. I just think that his his ride to get there has been a lot more uneven. You know? Yeah, I think you can even make a case that his, his pedigree is better. He was far more productive in college than what Gallimore was. Well, I, I mean, I think that's, that's fair. I just think that, you know, when you look at all the circumstance that happened at different points with coaching staff, and, and again, that kind of gives me a little bit of pause because, you know, Tristan Hill clearly did not handle the coaching change that happened at UCF well. Uh, and and so, but I, I mean, again, how much of that is about the coaching staff, and how much of that is about Tristan? And so, you know, I think with Tristan Hill, there's a there's a level of hand washing going on with with people that that just feel like, oh, well, he's, uh, yeah, he's, it was a bust. His his coaches are gone, so everyone's forget about him. I I, I want to believe that. Tristan Hill has taken this opportunity and, 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 and decided to kind of embrace it and, and, and try to actually make himself better. I, I, but I honestly believe that it's probably, you know, hit or miss. And it, I think it's very hmm. – the, the spectrum of where he could be as a player could be anywhere. You know, he could have taken this the right yes. way and, and really taken into the offseason and worked out hard and turned into a monster because he has that kind of physical talent to do that, I think. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then – 
or he could have gotten disheartened. He could have felt sorry for himself. He could have felt like, uh, oh, all my, uh, you know, all my uh, rabbis, as they call them, are, are gone. You know, all, all all the people that are vouching for me that that, that are that are that are you know my uh, my sponsors, I guess, is the other word that gets used. They're gone. So sure. I, I I don't know if I have any footing or where I even am in this depth chart. I, you know, it, I think it could go anywhere in between that very wide spectrum. But I, I think Tristan Hill is a guy that when you talk about talent and you talk about unknown, uh, I think he's at the top of the list. He could he could really fall anywhere from being a very solid rotational backup who could be taking a starting spot someday to, again, a guy who doesn't even dress out because you know, they, there are three or four other guys that they like better than him. Yeah, I'll even go one step further. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that he's not on the week one roster. You know, again, this isn't a coaching staff that drafted him. And the Cowboys could decide, hey, we like Devell Gallimore. We want to get him as many snaps as possible. We like Antoine Woods as the backup for uh, Don Terry Poe. We're good with some of these down the roster guys. Let's move on. Let's trade him for a sixth or seventh round pick. Let's cut him and just kind of move on. That that wouldn't shock me at all. It also wouldn't shock me if he had four or five sacks this year because he's that talented. I mean, you look at his athleticism testing in the production. I mean, this is a guy that's clearly, you know, clearly was worth a top 75 pick. It's just the coaching staff changes probably are going to have a big impact on him. I'm curious to see what he looks like in year two. How we took the, the Val Gallimore draft, uh, you know, selection. Did he take that as a slight? Did he take that as motivation to, hey, I got to get better, or, or they're going to replace me? Um, I, I think Hill is one of the guys, like you mentioned, that one of the biggest wild cards on the roster. Um, let's go ahead and talk, Landon, about the the guy that he's going to likely be competing with with snaps, uh, Navel Gallimore, who at Oklahoma played a lot as a nose tackle, um, kind of an undersized nose tackle, but. Uh, super fast in the straight line. I think he he ran in the I uh, was it the low four nines. I'm pulling it up here right now just to confirm. Uh, four seven nine. Even even, wow. even better. Four yeah. seven four seven nine at three hundred and four pounds. Uh, the agility stuff was pretty awful. Seven nine seven three cone a five oh one twenty yard shuttle, which makes you think how in the world do you run that after doing that fast of a forty? Anyways. Um, what are we expecting from Gallimore in his rookie season? Where do you think he's going to play? Is he going to be a one? Is he going to be a three? Uh, where do you think his best spot is on this defense? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it's probably pretty hard to run a three cone at ten thirty at night. So I'm that may have been that may have been. How do you run? But how do you run a four seven nine at nine thirty at night? I, I don't get it. Well, it's it's past your bedtime at this point. I, look, I mean, look, <laughs> they, the the combine say the whole combine was the whole weird combine is just weird as hell. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think you know it again, it, sussing out the where. Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill are going to end up in this depth chart and at what positions is, is difficult. Uh, you know, I tend to think that, I mean, I, I, if anything, I'm hoping that Hill has put on some weight in the off season and that he would be kind of more of the nose tackle backup and Gallimore is more of the under tackle. Um, it seems like Hill has the body to be that kind of hybrid, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, again, I kind of view Hill as, Closer to a uh, uh, McLean, Terrell McLean kind of t- 
type. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, where he could give you snaps inside and outside. Gallimore, despite him playing in that Oklahoma, that terrible Oklahoma defense, um, <laughs> and, not, and not that the, de- the, the, the schematic, I mean, schematically, I mean. I mean, their um, defense was terrible, too. Yeah, well, that too. I guess, <laughs> that's, that's, I guess I'm not wrong on any count here. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just think that he's out of place. You know, I just think that that's not where you know he needs to be in the no. middle i think you put him on the outside shoulder of a guard and you let him go upfield um and then you know the question is can he turn the corner once he beats that guard around uh, so uh, yeah i mean i think yeah. i think that's where i would probably look at them first um and then again you know i it, we'll talk about it but it's interesting to see how they will feel about these other two guys that are behind them because mm-hmm. uh, to, to us you know, Hill and Gallimore, it's the one thing, even though there's a lot of uncertainty here, it feels like the tiers of these tackles are pretty clear, right? Like, I mean, McCoy and Poe are clearly the starters. Hill and Gallimore are clearly the young guys trying to, you know, right. make their fit. And then there's the, you know, Antoine Woods and Garrett Marino, kind of both undrafted free agents, both, you know, hey, we're going to give you opportunities. And Woods, obviously, with a lot more skin on the wall. But I, I just think that this, despite there being a whole lot of unknown in this middle tier between Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore, the lines of delineation between the tiers are very, are very easily drawn. Right. Yep. I agree. Um, I've taken some time to kind of think about Neville Gallimore and what he could be in the NFL. And I think I've come up with a a fairly decent comp. Um, And this is my Steeler bias here a little bit. Right. Uh, I think Javon Hargrave, who now plays for the Eagles, who they gave a big contract to this offseason, kind of that undersized, uh, plays some, you know, plays as a nose tackle at Pittsburgh, played as a nose tackle at South Carolina State. Um, you know, Gallimore did the same thing, but if you put him in a 4 3 and let him be that one technique, or, or let him be the either one or three, actually, I think he can give you a lot of uh, explosive plays up the field. I could see Gallimore having a similar type of career path as as Javon Hargrave. And if you get that player in the third round, uh, the Cowboys will be absolutely thrilled with that. Um, another guy that we need to talk about, Landon, uh, a guy that's permanently mad on Twitter, uh, Antoine Woods, um, who was a full-time starter for the Cowboys last year. He's so mad that you just mentioned his, that his name on our podcast. He, he heard it somehow. Yeah, and he's I tweeting know. about well, it. Well, I, I actually, I saw, he blocked me a while ago, but that's not surprising. Uh, what's surprising is he actually deleted Twitter because people were, I don't know, getting on him about something. He was comparing himself to Dominican Sue or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Anton Woods, full-time player last year, probably fighting for snaps uh, behind Don Terry Poe. What do we think of Antoine Woods? I don't know, man. Like, I, I. It seems like he wants a new contract. And yeah, really isn't, I'm just not interested in his whole one. spiel, frankly. You know, it's like yeah. he he he. I liked I liked what he did. You know, obviously his rookie year, he came on. Uh, well, not his rookie year, but he, this this first year with the Cowboys, he came so on. 2018. Uh, yeah, and he and he and he was you know. In a year where we had no nose tackles, he came out of nowhere yep. and showed us something. And, you know, a lot of what happened ended up, obviously, we're looking back, we're like, oh, well, you know, he was beating a very hobbled Travis Frederick. But he, he yeah, did he did yeah. get into the, the regular season, and, and he played well at times, and I thought he, he was, was fine. A he was fine. fine. Rotational yeah. defensive tackle, right? Yep. You know, he hires uh, Roseman, and... Uh, you know, he get wait. Wasn't it Roseman that he hired? He hired like you know Rosenhaus. Rosenhaus. Rosenhaus sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
and he. I was thinking Howie Rose. <laughs> My name's mixed up. <laughs> yeah, he hires Rosenhaus, and, and like everyone's just like, what? Like, first of all, just I, a, I, I, a nose tackle. Second of all, this dude, like, he hasn't had like a career enough to. You know, when you when you hire that when you hire Rosenhaus, you're going for big dollars. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, you want not, that big second contract. He's not yeah. wasting his time with small con, or at least not publicly as much. And 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 it's, he seemed to make a big deal out of the signing. So immediately it was like, well, what are you expecting to get here? Because you're not, you know, like a you know a, a, a incredible athlete, you know, a once in a lifetime kind of guy who could be a nose tackle who rushes the passer, like. You're one of the more value, less valued positions in, in sports right now. Sure, so, sure. And then last year, you know, his game was up and down, and 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 I, you know, I just think I, I'm not really interested in like someone who is, and I hate to be like this, but someone who like can't accept the like what their role is. You know, yeah, like when you're when you're the fourth or fifth defensive tackle on your team, you got to know your role. Yeah, right? I mean, just you or just to. know that, like, you know, that's and that's not. There's nothing wrong with that, but but there's also no, no. you know there's there's nothing that's helping your case by. And again, I, I want all these guys to go get their money. Like everyone, get money. I'm excited for that, but I think that you know there is also the argument of knowing your value, and and yep. and I think that. You know, he is very much overshooting his value to the point where, I mean, I, I don't. He hasn't signed. Has he signed his tender yet? That's the other thing. No, I know. no. That that's the thing is, I think he's still thinking he's going to get a long term deal. He has no Everybody leverage. Look. Like he literally, no. literally has. I mean, no. I don't. I'm not like exaggerating here. Like there is zero leverage. He cannot sign right. with another team. The only thing he right. can do is sign his his. RFA contract that's been sent to him, so it's no, like it's not even that; it's the exclusive yeah, rights. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so like I, I don't really understand what, and it's stuff like this that it's like, like this doesn't even make any sense. Like you know, yeah. so I, I, if this is an indication of like the kind of issues that he's going to cause, then I, I'm I'm just not really like he's not worth this trouble at all. <laughs> My guess is what happened was. He saw that the team brought in Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. They drafted a defensive tackle in the third round. The coaching staff that played him a bunch is no longer here. He probably knows what's going to happen at the end of training camp and at the end of the preseason, right? He's probably going to be a guy that doesn't make this final roster. Or even if he does, he's probably not going to be active on game day. So he's probably trying to, you know, get Dallas to outright release him or pull the pull the tender off him so he can go sign with somebody okay. else. I totally get that. Like I understand that that's. I mean, that's kind of you know trying to manipulate the the. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, but which is fine. Like I actually don't have a problem with that necessarily. It's it's the only lever that he has available to him, I, and I understand. Sure. That. What I don't understand is is does he think that that's going to work? Because. He's not talented enough to be to you know take a crowbar and wedge himself off of one team in order to go to like is he, does he think that there's like especially now yeah especially does at he think this that there's gonna be a season. bunch of teams like lining up to sign him because I just no, I can't no, imagine no. that so I no, just, I'm very confused I, by his his like you know choices that he makes in, in his career and and, and and I like his play on the field mostly but I'm so concerned by his kind of misguided miscalculation of his own value 
that if he's going to pull stuff like this, like this is it's not yeah, worth I'm the done. trouble, frankly. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. This is this is not the time to do that because what June, July are the hardest times of the year to get a job, right? Because nobody wants to sign players now because they want to see what they have in these guys in training camp in the preseason. And then if and then if you get cut, you know, it, you know, before the season starts, most teams have the roster set. So it's awfully hard for a veteran defensive tackle who is only eh when he plays to, to find a roster spot, especially if all you do is stop the run and you only do that okay. It's a tough position for Anton Woods, I know, but man, uh, I don't think he's played his cards right so far this offseason. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish out this defensive tackle room. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, um, anybody else we need to talk about for this defensive, you know, interior defensive line group? Uh, obviously, we think that Tyrone Crawford is probably going to get some snaps inside. Is there anybody else that we should be talking about in regards to this unit? Uh, Garrett Marino is a guy who I still have not been able to find any tape on, you know, <laughs> like any, any all 22. Yeah. But I, I keep hearing lots of good things about um, you know how how he performed and that he he could be a, a decent guy for them in, in the rotation. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. It just seems like they're very short at defensive tackle, right? Like six doesn't seem like a lot to be going into camp with, especially since you, you you only really have like maybe one or two other guys who can kick inside, right? Right. So it's interesting. But you kind of know the four that's going to make the roster. That's what's so well. You know, I mean, the top yeah, four so set in stone. <laughs> that's that's what thing. makes it so so difficult. I, yeah. I guess so. I guess it just it feels like they're limiting their ability to uh, potentially pick up somebody down roster that could surprise you. But I guess they just. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is they probably want to carry only four defensive tackles, and they may already know which four they want. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult, and again, we'll probably see some snaps from Tyrone Crawford inside. So if they get an injury, you can do that. Um, you know, they they have some even other maybe Joe Jackson. Maybe that's another guy that could maybe uh, moonlight a little bit inside too if you need him to. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Garrett Marino, um, an older prospect. He's actually 25, so he's older than both Gallimore and Tristan Hill. Uh, kind of fascinating, but somebody just to keep your eye on as a potential. Um, you know, maybe practice squad guy that they bring up if they have some injuries um let's go ahead and grade this unit landon um a lot of change over the last (laughs) year uh it's gonna be really difficult considering all the fresh faces but uh how do we rank this unit well i guess you know i mean again like the the difficult thing is the unknown here And, and there's so much unknown you've got two starters who are coming from a new team uh, into your system, you're going to be in a new system, uh, mm-hmm. and then you've got a rookie and a second-year player who have, as it, I mean, you know, Tristan. <laughs> think about this for a second. Tristan Hill uh, of your you know projected four defense tackles that you think will make the t- team. Tristan Hill is the guy that's had the most snaps for the Cowboys uh, of these <laughs> of these four starting defense tackles. So, 
and he has not had any snaps in this system. So no. there is a lot of unknown here, to say the least. Uh, I would say that I, you know, it, the range of where this could be is anywhere. I would say to from a C minus to a B minus. I think. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity that if if mm. you know Poe has a good has has a good season, um, and McCoy kind of has a little bit of a, of a slight resurgence, you get something out of Tristan Hill, you get something out of Neville Gallimore. Maybe you've got a nice little rotation inside. Trist, uh, Tyron Crawford gives you some pass rush uh, in in nickel situations. Uh, you know, I think you could cobble together a pretty decent group. And, and and they could I mean certainly they could do the job. I don't know that it's, they're going to be flashy. I don't know that they're going to you know dominate you know the 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 middle of the of the field. But really, I think you know in the run game you need them to just keep your linebackers clean. In the pass game, push the pocket in some manner. And, and I think you're going to get help in the from the guys on the outside with that. So uh, yeah, I would say somewhere between C minus and B minus. Yeah. See, I actually think the range is even a little wider because I do think. I think there's a chance that, uh, you know, Gerald McCoy, who looks like he lost a bunch of weight this season, I think he can be, you know, a really, really good player. I mean, last year from, you know, Pro Football Focus, uh, he still graded out as one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Don Terry Poe is still uh, a fine starter. So, um, you know, if those guys both can play at the same level that they did last year, and I actually expect them to be a little better, those are very, you know, two good starters. And then you do have Gallimore and Tristan Hill. So you have adequate depth. You've got guys with pedigree. You've got guys behind them with athleticism and um, that could potentially show some promise. So I, I would even say up to a B plus. I think this this has a chance to be a really, really good unit. Now, there are some questions because of all the uncertainty, because all these guys are playing in a new scheme. I think it could be a little rough to start the season. Um, but I, I, I am, I'm fascinated by this group. I think we'll know... I think we'll know right away whether it's a better or worse unit than we saw last year. Uh, I am excited to see uh, some of the changes the Cowboys have made on the interior defensive line. I, I will add that in this it, real quick that, that, that they have definitely upgraded the talent. Now, how the talent uh, yeah. gets yep. distributed and how the talent fits with scheme, that's the, t- the million-dollar question. Absolutely. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.